0: Spidey
1: senses tingling. Yellow.
0: The wild dogs crowd in the night as they get restless for some solitary companion. And he is Slim. He's the host of the Paper Keg Podcast. This is episode 136 Welcome to
1: the show uh, The Paper Gag Podcast We talk about comic books The books we're reading And uh, we'll do a book club segment You ever heard of Brian K. Vaughn? You ever heard of him? Saga Why the Last Man He did a little book called Swamp and then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. But um, so there's three hosts to this show. One is deceased. The, he, the fourth host, God rest his soul. Rest. But there are three living hosts. Uh, least popular host in history He's a writer He's working on a comic book with At Fiensta on the Twitter Maybe we can get an update during the show <laughs> uh,
0: Jonesy Loves Beer, welcome uh, Thank you for having me uh, Fresh off our debacle That was 135 And uh, I just want to personally Thank all six listeners, uh, six listeners Including my mother and my wife for downloading uh, 135 Jonesy K, I I appreciate
1: it the only show that Jonesy has ever officially hosted in any capacity
0: and the, the immortal last. Iron Fist the first and last
1: I don't even know if I want to tell you that it's it's n- the download numbers are through the rough oh god <laughs> I'm not sure if that's attributed to the train wreck or people were troll a- troll an- troll anxiously troll. awaiting our Iron Fist thoughts <laughs> <laughs> Uh, VP of merch, our final living host. He's a Twitter celeb. He's got some kind of mustache goatee coming in that I am very attracted to right now. Uh, Dale underscore, welcome to the show.
2: It's actually uh, there's I got full facial hair going on, but you wouldn't know it because I'm pr- I look like a test animal for L'Oreal. I just got hair after chemical burns, it's a uh, it's a sad state of affairs, this surface of my face. It's disgusting. And I'm sickened by it. It looks great.
1: <laughs> is there just one iPad app that's just that button and then you just have that at the ready?
2: There is now and we're paper keg industry's gonna be pumping that sucker out. <laughs> coming to an ipad near you paper i King thought industries. we were a
1: paper keg radio syndicate does that is that which one is it it could be well, paper keg industries i like that actually
2: yeah well that would either be the name change of the company or that would be a subdivision you know all these big conglomerates they have little corporations yeah to like take a dummy, the, dummy company yeah dummy, shell company shell company to get sued, you know in case anybody's got to sue sure um yeah.
1: huge show this week started off if you if you watch the video we caught a mouse live <laughs> on air oh, man that was amazing um, i got some bad news because i think i just saw another one so there's <laughs> two uh we'll get into that later big show swamp thing brian cave on
2: well if there's there if there's one little baby mouse there's more than one, i mean no mouse no mice have one little baby mouse and raise it It just won.
1: Right. The likelihood, it's like a bushel of mice, and there's like 10 underneath the refrigerator.
2: I hope you have more goldfish boxes. God, I just got to
1: eat more goldfish, (laughs) and that's the price I got to pay. Oh, God. So, what a show. Brian K. Vaughn, he wrote Saga. You heard of that? Swamp Thing. I had no idea he even uh, did a Swamp Thing run for Vertigo, and we'll get into that. You know, maybe it was better off that I didn't know. I don't know. We'll talk about it later.
2: Old uh, bait-and-switch Vaughn. They call him
0: <laughs> in, the, in the television industry. Yeah. Sure. Uh, John Z, what did you read this week? I want to talk about your friend of mine, probably more your friend than mine, Rick mm. and He came out with a little book called Deadly Class. Uh, you guys read this? I might have glanced at it. It's uh, one of his new creator-owned properties, <laughs> and it follows... Um, You know, a young, derelict, homeless boy Mm. who uh, may not be a psychopath and uh, had a troubled youth, and this led him to flee from his home life and kind of live on the streets for a couple years. Uh, He's then approached by a group who takes these people, these homeless vagrants with, you know, questionable morals, and trains them to be assassins. So, uh, cool premise. A uh, kind of like Team Dexter scenario is what I'm picturing. Uh, I never read the comic Wanted, uh, but I would be su- you know I wouldn't be surprised if you could draw some similarities uh, from that property. But it's a uh, it's a good first issue, and the depiction of the main character on the streets and homeless and kind of like his schizophrenic mind at work. Is really cool and Recremendo writes that kind of stuff really, you know, tongue and cheek, but also very kind of dramatically. And it's uh, you know, it's an image number one, which means I'm going to read it and love it. So uh, Deadly Class, pick it up. Dale, did you read it yet? I actually did not read that yet. Hmm. Um, God, I am just welcome to Spoiler Town.
2: No, no, it's fine. I I uh, spoil spoil the issue if you if you. I mean, like. there's not uh, a whole
1: lot of spoilers. I was just curious, but. I, I read it and liked it but um it's not saying I, mean, I don't I don't love it like Black Science because Black Science speaks to me in other ways. Yeah. This is like just a different kind of Rick Remender book. Like there are other Rick Remender creator owned books that I don't I don't love or even like. So but I did like this one.
2: I mean, is this so more fiction. like grounded in reality? No sci-fi? no. I mean the
1: uh, there, there's probably going to be sci-fi elements, maybe, but I guess for now, as realistic as a school for assassins can be in the Reagan administration, but that seems oh. to be the <laughs> yeah, the uh, the storyline. The colors are pretty fantastic. The Lee Ridge cat is on it, and just gorgeous stuff. Art is really great too. I'd never even heard of the artist before until this book, but I liked it.
2: It's another win in the image number one cover. Category. I mean, they—they're mm. just—they must have a a mind at work, kind of influencing these covers. They probably mm-hmm. have a guy who's—I don't know—just in charge of it.
1: Some in kind charge of, of designer, it. I guess. Maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe in charge of at least influencing what the covers c- could look like, or maybe he's designing all the covers. Who knows? But I
1: want to—I um, want to blow some minds right now. Please do. If I, I may get into it. I want to break news and told you and tell you in fact that yeah. I read Wolverine and the X Men forty.
2: Beautiful ma I'm glad you talk about this because then I get I was conflicted on which one I was gonna talk about. So you're taking one, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I get into it.
1: Have not been reading Wolverine and the X Men. It comes out twice a week. I <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. There's chaos at the school. Um but I decided to pick it up because I know there's like two issues left, and I'm kind of not feeling Nick Bradshaw's art anymore. So it was it was not Nick Bradshaw uh, drawing it. That's right. So there are allegedly two Shield agents that had infiltrated the school as students, and their identities have been revealed, and they're gonna you know shut down the school. So the students, Quentin Choir and company find this out and they confront the students and they kind of do battle for this issue but on top of that apparently Wolverine and Cyclops had been on some kind of mission and they survive and now the this B story or A story which however you want to look at it is them kind of unwinding after the battle and just like having a beer together for what i imagine is the first time since the consequences series where Wolverine like visited him in prison and they kind of had a one-to-one. So the whole issue is them just kind of talking and uh, arguing and drink, drinking a beer together, which is actually, I loved and the art for being an artist that I had no idea who it was is actually did really great. Um, yeah. Let me see if I can get the artist name. I just had it up, but I was scrolling through. It's like La Rock or let me see. It's
2: it's like Pepe Laraz, or something.
1: Yeah, Pepe Laraz. Never heard of him. Draws an amazing Wolverine.
2: Loved yeah. it. Loved he's, it. He's done a past few couple of past few issues of Wolverine the X Men too. And uh, he's his Wolverine I, I like his art in general, but his Wolverine is really sharp looking.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I I was pleasantly surprised. And I hope he do, he draws the final issue too.
2: They ended up at some I forget how they found out about this, um depot where they find themselves but uh, originally what happened was um like not somebody had taken over i forget it was one of the bad mutants trying to make shield look bad but they basically unleashed shield branded mutant hunting mutant hunting sentinels on the gene gray school and wolverine like lost his ass and it's like you you know what we go through and you and now you have shield sentinels so uh he got wind about where they they were making them or something or storing them and him and cyclops both end up there together i think it tied in with um the battle for the atom stuff really and uh, maybe one of the future x men ha- made that happen but anyway hmm. yeah their their chat at the end was just inc- was it was just great because they actually sat down they weren't there was no animosity. They had they had time to kind of talk it out. And even though nothing was really resolved, it was just really cool to where they could talk it out without having like their teams behind them on edge and ready to mm-hmm. attack. And and the other side of the coin, which has been a phenomenal like uh reason for Wolverine and the X Men, which is the students at the the Gene Gray School, Jason Aaron has been I mean writing these kids at the school top-notch it's like it has an Avengers Academy feel like that part of the book has an all-ages feel to it which kind of lightens up the mood from some of the stuff that the you know that does happen in the book and it's it's shaping up to be like a really cool send-off for Jason Aaron to be able to hand over the reins and and get and be able to do more of that I forget who's picking it up now it used
1: his boy uh jason latour oh
2: yeah that's it yeah i'm excited about that too but
1: yeah i mean the art on the new run is gonna be great too i that muhammad guy he was doing i think ultimate x-men he did supergirl and he was doing some issues of the hulk too that mark wade was writing his art's really great follow i follow his instagram oh nice yeah i feel like i kind of know him now a little bit you guys are friends yeah we're internet friends um Dale, you're an internet celeb. You know you're you've been on podcasts. You're a frequent podcast guest host on the circuit.
2: What'd you read this week? I am going to switch over to Jason Aaron's other X book, The Amazing X Men number three. The Amazing X Men uh, launched, of course, as a a quest to bring. Uh, Nightcrawler back into the X universe. Amazing X Men three finds Wolverine and North Star uh, teleported to a, a a pirate ship of Azazel's in heaven, whereas uh, Storm, um, Iceman, and Firestorm—no, Firebird.
1: Yeah, fire, I thought it was Firestorm.
2: Firestorm. Um, I think so. In hell, on a pirate ship. And Azazel, Nightcrawler's father, is basically, like, uh, sailing between dimensions, plundering, and stealing souls to power his uh, end goal, which is a, a, to, power, to run and rule the kingdoms and ha- hells and everything else. And uh, this issue, Beast ends up, like, bamfing into the uh, picture because the uh, Jean Grey school bamps are trying to uh, get the X-Men into these dimensions and save nightcrawler and save the other x-men and I, i mean this issue you get to see just beast in beast mode like he's he's usually science guy he's he tuffs it out with his smarts and he'll like tussle a little bit but this like nightcrawler's monologue about when beast loses it was just like the most. It was just like the most powerful thing in the world. Nightcrawler is like monologuing all these issues, mm-hmm. and uh, when he describes Beast, let me see, let me see. I'm just going to read it to you real quick.
1: Pull it up. Careful, don't lose your your blanket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's freezing down here. Hank McCoy, Beast, the smartest, most caring, and compassionate mutant I know. But even more so than Wolverine, he'd be the last mutant in the world. I'd want to run up against in a dark alley once he'd been pushed too far, and his the the imagery in in those panels was just incredible, and as well as the the single splash page of Nightcrawler commandeering one of the pirate ships, he's like standing on the ship's steering wheel, mm-hmm. and uh, he commandeers the ship in the name of the X Men and Storm, just like. Has to stick them up in that bucket when she sees Nightcrawler because
1: how great was was Storm and Nightcrawler in that entire issue? Yeah, I just the, thought you that could cut through the
2: sex with a knife. <laughs> oh man, in that book, it was incredible. Jason Aaron, Jason Aaron and Brian Michael Bendis, just I mean, just keep them marketecting. Oh, absolutely, the X universe, and you you got magic there, babe, because. I w- I
1: I totally agree. I and I'll say did you by any chance read the most recent issue of All-New X-Men or All-New X-Men yet? The, I the first trial so. of Jean Grey issue. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that whole issue like made me sit back and be like we're so like this is not even a joke. We're so blessed to have Imanen <laughs> and Bendis oh, doing <laughs> a monthly-ish comic book right now. Like it's a it is an amazing time to be alive. Like I was reading that page reading the book and just seeing the artwork and the stuff in the cafeteria with art with Angel, like you can't get any better than that.
2: It, I mean, Eminem's artwork right now is just oh man, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just downloaded, I just bought something. I think it was on sale. It was like old Eminem stuff, but just from that to this, I forget what I actually it was. But I mean, it's just incredible what he's doing on that book right now. It's bonkers and uh, if you for anybody listening if you pick up the latest that issue in print um, Marvel the Marvel digital code you can redeem you get the first five issues of all new X-Men for free with that code so that's like pretty cool if you if you want to kind of know what started kicked off the all new X-Men it's a really really great deal
1: yeah it's a good deal um, two sentences or less Jonesy loves beer writer
0: father. Boreanus friend. <laughs> Superior Spider-Man team-up. Issue number nine. Uh, how can you pass up a Spidey Daredevil Punisher crossover? Answer is you can't. Great book that sets up the <laughs> Goblin Wars. Yost. Chris Yoast
1: Justice League number 27.
0: Say what? Lightning ignore.
1: (laughs) Probably one of the best Justice League issues that I've read involving Cyborg and his... (laughs) Father.
2: Holes. (laughs) Uh... Thunderbolts, number 20 point now. The jumping on point for Ghost Rider joining Thunderbolt Ross's Thunderbolt team. Uh, I look forward to not reading issue 21. <laughs> 20, 20 point last. <laughs> That's the name of
1: this issue. Swamp Thing by Brian K. Vaughn. Internet darling. Voice of a generation, possibly, allegedly.
2: If, if Brian K. Vaughn actually joined the internet in some social media fashion, people would lose their minds. You realize that I right? don't even think
1: he has the internet. No, I think the, I don't he think communicates he in pen and pape, pencil and paper, and I think he whittles pencils out of trees <laughs>
2: <laughs> and w- yeah. and whale teeth, whale bone,
1: <laughs> and also artist Roger Peterson, which I want to talk about later. Um, how I originally thought that this whole thing was drawn by Cliff Chang, but we'll get into that in a minute. Genzi, what is this Vertigo
0: Swamp Thing book about? So, elemental force with the memories of a man Swamp Thing uh, gets married to Abby Holland and they produce a child Tefe Holland and Tefe is a girl stuck between two worlds that of the green which is where Swamp Thing originates and the red which is the world of animals and men and flesh and uh, because of her unique powers, which is power over both flesh and you know flora and fauna, uh, she has a difficult childhood uh, growing up, and the green really wants uh, her to fight against the human race as the green or the you know mother Earth sees itself in battle with the human race, a battle that feels it's losing. So it sees Tefe as a savior. So, up until her 15th birthday, she's wild, out of control, you know, committing mass murder. She's a creature of death and destruction. Uh, her parents uh, go and get old John Constantine, and uh, he puts a memory block in, gives her a new body, new face, uh, you know, locks those abilities away from her. Of course, in typical fashion, you know, one teenage drama is is all it takes to bring down the memory walls. And now this young lady with some probably the most omnipotent powers I've ever seen a a comic book character wield uh, has got to figure out what to do with it. And she kind of travels the the country, picks up some uh, companions who are just as flawed as her. And uh, the first volume is a bunch of one-off you know, morality plays where uh, she kind of tries to figure out what her code is. And uh, that Swamp Thing by Brian K. Vaughn, what an amazing first volume. Uh, I couldn't do it justice with the synopsis, but uh, once we get into some single issues, you can see just how mind-bending... Uh, he gets with the storytelling. So you loved it. I absolutely cherish this volume. Absolutely fantastic. Wow. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I get the feeling I'm the only one. I did not...
1: I I don't know if I want to reveal my cards here, but I... You already have. You already tipped your hand. Maybe maybe Dale feels the same way, but uh, I just totally opposite opinion of Jonesy I could not understand that like I couldn't get through it. I wanted to stop reading this is a book club where Whoa. I literally didn't want to even finish wow, I had smokes. no no connection to Tefe I hope I pray to the Lord Jesus that that's how you pronounce it but she was just a character that I just wanted to just not be involved with in any way shape or form and I just she seemed like she just and i I get that the storyline was she was learning her way and she didn't know if she was on the human side or the the green side so she was kind of compassionless but i didn't like i i almost was getting drained reading 240 pages of that character where like why would i want to read a compassionless robot for 240 characters where i just get angry at their decisions and and then i mean on top of that there was no Gee Dang Swamp Thing on the whole thing. What a scam. <laughs> exactly. She is,
0: that she is Swamp Thing.
2: No. And call it no. the all new Swamp Thing or something. That's exactly. Complete bait and switch here, Brian K. Vaughn. If this is the first uh, Swamp Thing issue from Vertigo, like I feel I would feel totally cheated, especially the gorgeous cover of the first issue. Oh god. That the covers of these books are amazingly painted and and the first one or two feature swamp thing on the cover and that's the that's the biggest cheat of the book it doesn't there's no swamp thing in the book there's a couple panels with swamp thing as a flashback it's complete bait and switch and and i guess in fairness to the volume that we bought it doesn't mention anything about swamp thing in the little caption Blurbs. in the blurb it does say it's about swamp things daughter tefe but i mean come on you got to give us some swamp thing in this swamp thing like it, and it's not out of the ordinary for a comic title to be called one thing and feature something that's not completely expected like that but it was just i mean i felt robbed
1: I and i thought about that too while i was reading like like, what if Vertigo put this book out and called it Tefé? Like, who would buy that? Yeah, yeah, People, that's true. Too. I would not buy Tefé Volume One by
2: Brian Gavon. That is a guarantee. Um, but that said, I I loved the book. I it was like, um, some teenage coming of age story with a murderous murderous witch elemental woman uh, a little forest gump in there traveling walking around like seeing um what adventures she could get into or her shoot who could she could murder or just make com- feel like complete s um I, I liked it because Brian, the first issue, I you know, you don't really entirely know what's happening. But Brian K. Vaughn, over the subsequent issues, explains everything that you need to know. I don't think there's any confusion left as to who she is or why she is the way she is. I really like that BKV took the time to explain everything in the issues as well as have, like, compelling storyline in all the issues. Um, she, but she, I mean, she was vicious. She was not a, like, and I could, and they paint it to be like maybe teenage innocence, like she's too young for the world to you know to make crazy decisions, like she like crazy life changing decisions. So in Lou, she'll just like peel the skin off of somebody or kill them or make them try to murder. Their family member, um, but in that aspect, it was a, it was really good in like a coming of age story, <laughs> as as sick and twisted as her the scenario she found herself in. Uh, she's a very flawed individual who probably doesn't handle things the best she can. But I, I really, I mean, I had I had a good time reading the stories. I really liked them. Hmm. Um.
1: What the heck was that?
0: Is that what Jonesy, Jonesy was doing for the past 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Well, that it was one definitely file? trying to defend myself. Of, you defend from the yourself you and Dale, you're, you and Dale are on the same side. You're, you're scaring you're, me. But Jonesy, would,
2: Jonesy wouldn't know that because he's feverishly searching the internet for he somebody. Didn't hear, <laughs> he didn't hear anything held, you just said. No, absolutely not. He Because he was looking for a file of somebody holding up an uh, analog recorder
0: to their <laughs> tube TV. Of a uh, file a TV, that nobody TV will to hear. a TV laptop mic to a TV. God, uh, see, here's you the don't thing. No, where to go? No, I know. Where just to pretend go. Just that you
1: listen to Dale and Dale's on your side, and then you can right. go from there. Think,
0: okay. Well, we'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I first read Animal Man when they rebooted um, the New Fifty Two, I really liked. Animal Man, the first arc, especially, and um, I really like the concepts of the red and the green. It's a corner of, you know, the DCU that I never really knew about or had any interest in, and this volume kind of explains the green to me in a way I can understand it. And I think the idea of the spirit of the earth feels that it's at war with the human race and that it's losing. Just that premise, I thought, was really great and a way to explore conflict in a comic book. Um, And, I mean, I understood right away that Tefe was the titular uh, Swamp Thing in this volume. And um, the only thing I I really had a problem with is that she could basically do anything. Like, so, I mean, that's a problem for character growth. When when she learns that she's an adult and she finds out her code, where do you go from there? Because she could really do anything, you know, heal anybody, kill anybody, produce a clone of herself so that nobody knows she's a murderer. You know, there's one line where she makes some spores that a guy coughed up to, expanded his chest, and is just killing him by looking at him. And it's, I don't get where the powers are coming from or where they're going and that—that's a, you know, confusing to me in this volume, but 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 there were dead fl- there were flowers all around him that she like extracted and doubled. Yeah, but I mean, is that a power that Swamp Thing had in his volume that he could just take a spore and grow it into a tree just by think thinking about
1: all, it? I think they're all different. I think her elemental seed that was implanted in the Southern Bell uh, had yeah. different powers than Swampy did. Swampy? Swampy, as his friends call him. I, how about the issue, I don't want to pick it apart too much because people other, otherwise enjoyed it. I don't want to poo on it. But how about the, the issue on the boat when she was working the dot working like the crab shift? That <laughs> issue. Lobster, yeah. That issue just made me, I think that was the turning point, really, that made me just have a negative opinion on it. She kind of just sat, like she got quote murdered by the one guy, the guy that was writing a story or trying to formulate his his vision for a book that he wanted to write. So this guy is working kind of like a nerd, nerd duel, nerd duel with her, and he's writing a book, and he's tr- he can't put he can't put the right motion in in place for this book. So he's like thinking of how to write it, and then at one point he decides, he oversees that there's a love affair between the captain, or not the captain, the main, like, hand in charge and the captain's daughter. And he decides to murder Tefe out of of nowhere. So this guy just turns out to be, like, a psychopath and then puts this chain in motion where everyone is so enraged with this death that they all turn on each other. And then Tefe finally shows up after most of the death and turmoil has happened and she just kind of just, like, you know i'll I'll, I'll say this one check or even even if she does that that one issue just like put me in a bad mood for the rest of the trade. Did you guys enjoy that issue, or did you have-
0: i I thought that the book was confused about itself, whether it wanted to be a story about this main character's journey or a series of vignettes with her just being the connective tissue so half the volume was was this is Tefe's story, and this is who she is, and the second half was. All the stuff is happening, and the only thing in common is her existence. So I did like that issue, but it felt supremely out of place when you think about the rest of the volume. And uh, I wonder what's going to come out first, that guy's book or Inherited the Comic, right, guys? Huh? Huh?
1: Let us handle the trolling, Jonesy. You just worry about yourself, okay? Okay.
2: You just go search for more video audio that nobody Oh, uh, yeah. Don't pile on your thirty-two-bit
1: files on the internet that no one. knows Get what it in there.
2: Get it in there, God. Because it was taped to cassette to magnetic tape to <laughs> analog <laughs> digital. Uh, yeah, I liked. I liked that issue because it was just. I mean, it, she was like a globe-trotting, in girl and search. Of herself, And she ended up on the boat. I think it was, you know, it was, that was like the first taste of, I mean, other than the fact that she, you know, murdered their teenagers when she was a teenager, like in that other girl's body in the first issue. But it started populating the elements of, even though this is like a, a coming of age sort of story, I, I liked how this story and others had these elements of different kind of um themes being told like a thriller or it could be an absolute horror of a book it could be a thriller suspense it could have some comedy in it too um but i th- i thought it was I, I thought it was good i didn't i didn't read that's into it. the fact that she like woke up too late to save the rest of the boat or whatever i just thought it was like written you know because it was a, a horror i i got like a very like sandman kind of vibe from that issue mm. because of it, the that's, that's carnage Because I well, there's I have two
1: points. One, that issue actually reminded me of Stray Bullets, but I enjoy the Stray Bullets series, and that issue felt more disturbing to me than any Stray Bullets issue that I'd read so far, where all these people's lives were effed up in the span of one issue and and in like ten pages, and I, it just really just put me in a foul mood, and I think it's it's fascinating to me that we can have such differing opinions on this issue and similar differing opinions on straight bullets where I could easily see you being like, I don't want to read this kind of story, you know, for these, yeah. these people's lives getting destroyed. And I think I get annoyed at this series where she has the ability to get angry at people for doing wrong to plants, but she has zero compassion for other areas Where, like, she she really gave two craps that, like, five people's lives ended on this boat while she was lying face down or, you know, the family that she tortures for however long because they didn't put a
2: campfire out that ended up destroying, you know, however many acres. I started getting sick to my stomach at that issue because I didn't – like, the tension that was building was so insane to me that she was going to make this guy pick. And the guy picked – the little girl, like, I I didn't know what, he could have picked whatever and I would have went insane thinking about it, but right, it was, it was like, he, he, she destroyed them. Yeah, And I, I mean, it's in a sick, in a sick way, I chalk it up to her being naive and not a good person yet. I, I don't know. I, I, I completely get, I'm, it's pretty fascinating that like, if this were stray bullets, we would be on the opposite, the exact mm-hmm. opposite sides of where we are now, which is pretty crazy, but and I Maybe. wonder if
1: it's I wonder if it's because of it's it's this sci- sci-fi element where this is obviously a fantastical series, whereas Stray Bullets, you know, is a realistic series and there's no kind of superheroing happening at all.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a big part of it because there's already going in there's like a suspension of disbelief or belief, mm-hmm. um, because she's a plant, you know, she can control plants and. And human flesh alike. There's always there's already that aspect of it, and I think that plays into it big time. And and I think even
1: the male character calls her out on her kind of uh, her emotional dichotomy. I guess the Barnabas character. I wanted to call him Barabbas the whole time, but she, she's like, you, you know, That's you dressed. have <laughs> <laughs> he. He um, talks about how he experimented with plans by playing two different forms of music, and she freaked out. And she's like, "You have no right to experiment on human life or, or living being, living things." And he and he called her out correctly. He's like, well, "What about that? What you did to that family?" Yeah. And she she just like contradicts herself at, at almost every turn, and and I can play devil's advocate to a point where, you know, this is the coming of age story. She doesn't know who she is and stuff, but. I guess in in rea- realistic terms it just it just you know I didn't want to read that I wasn't interested in it.
2: And and what I think I respected so much about her being so wishy-washy and flip-floppy about a lot of things is because it was addressed. It wasn't just like bad writing of a character of a teenage girl. It was actually addressed by um other characters in the story like they're calling her out on it or she, it's recognized in her, in her monologue and stuff like that. I really like that part of it because he he took the time to um, kind of make it known that she's very flawed. And, you know, just it happens in this instance that this flawed individual affects lives gravely at most, <laughs> at most
0: times mm-hmm. because of it. I do want to point out uh, one part of the story I really liked. Uh, is the flashback scene where uh, Swamp Thing is kind of taking her through the bayou and uh, telling her how it is, and there's some father daughter bonding. But they're not real people. I mean, Swamp Thing is not a real person. So when he comes across uh, the humans that he is going to attack, and Tefe like, jumps in to help because she doesn't understand. know morality I do like the fact that Swamp Thing goes I'm not a person I'm not a father I'm not I'm not even a being who can raise a human child this is not my role and thinks he's doing the right thing by you know getting other people involved to help raise her and in reality all she really needed was her father there the whole time and you you kind of look back at the volume you've read already and thought it. If Swamp Thing was a guiding hand, would she have turned out differently? And would this be a different series because she would already had, you know, learned the lessons that she needed to learn? I thought that was a great like bell note to kind of end the volume Mm -hmm. with. Yeah, i I I think it's the way it's handled
2: is it's kind of crazy that he's just wasn't a good father, and I like that it it, you know, she's not just this psychotic. Teen who rebels. She never had that direction to begin with. She had got. I, I, I guess it's written that she got had gotten into some bad situations. But basically, Swamp Thing just cast her off. And I yeah. thought that was pretty handled well. Like you know, you think Swamp Thing, you think like you know the 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 good hero Alec Holland, who you know saves uh, Adrian Barbeau from the evil arcane in the swamp, but it's not you know, he's he's he at that time anyway, he was more about protecting the swamps and eco terrorism and stuff like oh, that's that. That's
1: another thing that really grinded my gears was when Tefe left Georgie with that band.
2: Oh man. Where
1: she assured them. everyone that she knew that they were trustworthy and that she was fine and it turned out to be the total opposite and not only that, but she just, you know, destroyed Georgie after she told her that she was brutally hard R'd by, like, six yeah. dudes. And she just, like, beat her into nothing with her words. And I was just like, F you, Tefe, and your dumb name. And I don't care if you're an emotional robot. You don't tell a right. girl that, was, that just happened to what you just said. God, I you mean, really Honestly, don't. you really don't. That was that was pretty harsh stuff. You could have tried yeah. harder. You could have <laughs> ran away. Good grief! Good grief!
2: You could have made the salad that they ate in their stomachs grow and come out of their <laughs> faces, oh and they would have died. And on top of I that,
0: can everybody? On top yeah. of that,
1: Tefe went in there to the band Arcane and you know tore off their <laughs> genitals or whatever she ended up doing, but. There was at no point where they admitted guilt. Georgie, in, in theory, Georgie could have made that up or not alluded to who really did it, and she could have just killed everyone in that band. They could have been good people. There yeah, was at no she, point where they admitted to what they did
2: or had any proof. She, she could have just she, done it to innocent people. She could have been a complete psycho, too, Georgie. <laughs> I kind of
1: half-heartedly wish that the end of this volume is where she chooses evil and just becomes a supervillain and
2: then that's the route. I like how the, I I don't know, I I was really, I was impressed after the fact that there was zero Swamp Thing in the issue, but I like, I really liked how it all tied back to what we read in the Alan Moore run, like, so the, the green and all that stuff, like, matters. It mattered, and it wasn't just written to tell Alan Moore's story. Like it was it's part of the mythology and I think that was really cool because it's all rooted and there were several callbacks to uh you know, Swamp Things uh, being King of the Swamp and the Green and Woodru Doctor Woodrew and all oh, that. Oh yeah, stuff.
1: yeah. God, I mean some of the greatest comic books ever printed on paper that that trade. Oh god Jonesy any
0: closing thoughts? Just I wonder where Tefe is now. Like, how did this volume end? Like, how did this story end? Is she just like, is she kind of like Swamp Thing, where she just becomes one with, you know, a hill or something, and nobody kind of hears from her again? Or I just wonder where Tefe is now, and if she's she, still making SC decisions. She might be in the new 52 for all we know.
1: Tefe, if you're listening, reach out.
2: Stick your hands in the ground and, we got and grow letters. over our way and tell us.
0: <laughs> I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them R. I. P.
2: to you. There's in peace, Mark Farrington.
1: Letters at paperkeg.com. If you have a, an email machine, you can send something to letters at paperkeg.com, and one of our living hosts will read it.
2: Our uh, letter this week comes from a friend of the show, Jim Lind at Jim Lind for Pope at
1: noted uh, Jonesy loves beer enemy.
2: I mean, you just want to see his face just clam up. You bring (laughs) up Jim Lind for Pope off the air, and he just look at his face. There he goes, clamming up. I'm curious to see what you guys think of the first few issues of this swampy run. I started. I started rereading a few of the issues this afternoon and was able to appreciate them a bit more than when I first read them. I was reading a bunch of Swamp Thing books as I could find them in bargain bins from the initial Frankenstein style stories into the more run, then into the trippy vertigo stuff. It all seemed to make an attempt at weaving a larger swamp story. When I opened up my first copy of the of a volume three book, I was disappointed. There was no Swamp Thing, no green, no connection to the Alec Holland story I could find. Eventually, I picked up enough issues to find out more information about Tefe, so the stories weren't completely disjointed, but it still always felt like they were trying to avoid mentioning Alec Holland at any cost. I'll still try to reread these issues, but honestly, I have a feeling that they will always remain a good Brian K. Vaughn story and a lousy Swamp Thing story. Mm
0: -hmm. Perfect. That's a perfect sum up right there. Mm -hmm. Jim for Pope. He's probably talking about you in some way, though. It's probably it yeah, was a metaphor. It's all, a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in my head.
2: No, I think yeah, he sums it up really well. And uh, to to pick up any of these issues, you know, from the bargain bin like he did, and not have the little blurb from the outside of the volume like we had. I mean, we would have been just completely. Uh, Horn swoggled. Yeah. If Tefe was the main protagonist of this book, the whole run. They have to eventually like switch back like there must be an editor at some point in Vertigo saying, All right, like Brian We've gotten away with it as long as we could. Yeah. Now we gotta Please have a write swamp about thing swamp story. Thing. Yeah, exactly I, there there has to be because I remember probably paper keg just started or we were just getting ready to reboot. When there like there were all the news that Swamp Thing was reverting back to DC for the new Fifty Two stuff, so there must have been Swamp Thing Vertigo stories like featuring
0: Swamp Thing. Must yeah, they been. probably just couldn't get a hold of Brian K. Vaughan. He wasn't looking for his smoke <laughs> signals, so that's why <laughs> yeah. he wrote so many <laughs> Tepe stories. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I guess the editors just couldn't.
0: He wasn't. He's not available via the email. Or he's anything. still
1: writing Tefe stories on parchment right now and just having them by carrier <laughs> pigeon shipped over. His
0: mailing address is just a post in the desert somewhere. He's to gonna to nail the letter to a tree. Uh, Jim Lind for Pope. He's gonna be back. like my architect from the Matrix Two. Like I think my life's all about something else. And I go into a room and he's the chair slowly spins and it's Jim Lind for Pope in a white suit. Tell me <laughs> how effed up God. my life is
1: What a detailed thought <laughs> you just weave that tail <laughs> yeah. right Out of nowhere uh, What a show Brian K. Vaughn Under the Dome You watch that? Under the Dome No that's the Stephen King show though right? He's executive producing that show <laughs>
0: is it available on uh, Hulu or netflix
1: <laughs> amazon streaming jonesy check it out oh,
0: i got it hook it up babe for you
2: god bless him it'll be watched by the end of the night he'll have watched <laughs> all 13 episodes. book club book club tv book club uh <laughs> if, you're, if you're if you're free TV
1: episode. <laughs> shoot us an itunes review. apparently i'm a chicken <laughs> we'll see everybody next week I thought, I thought you was it on, on purpose. purpose.
2: <laughs> Jeez, God, embarrassing. Good, it's a good thing the rest of your eleven hundred followers isn't missing it now, though. With your, uh, with your tweet. I mean, I, someone replied to me and said it was a spoiler.
1: I hope WWF didn't send that out early, because that would be bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, but wait, like, even if it was over, you maybe waited five minutes before you re- sent that out.
1: I mean, I sent that out the second
2: I got it. <laughs> there could be people <laughs> recording podcasts waiting to watch the DVR. Uh, I, I, I never thought
1: of it. I mean, it's a pay-per-view. I never thought that pay-per-views were spoiler uh, territory. You know, it's You're, live television.
2: In fairness, you could be right. I, you know, I don't know the rules of. Once we start a wrestling podcast,
1: then, you know. <sighs>
0: You can let papercake go. That'll you be to go to your wrestling podcast. <laughs>
1: Just the instant I said once we started it's over, wrestling, it's so all over. my wife appeared out of the hallway with a <laughs> scowl on her face. Uh, she has returned to the bedroom looking disgusted.
2: She probably got up out of bed. She risked mouse uh attack a mouse attack on her ankles. Mitchell Junior. How do we, how do we do? Will you catch any more mice with your feet and a goldfish box like Day Lewis would? I,
1: I saw another one, but I <laughs> did not make any attempts. I got uh, some furious texts from my wife about what steps will be taken tomorrow after a visit to Home Depot. Uh oh. Some kind of link to a mouse trap of some sort. Let's check it, take a look here.
2: Do we, I, uh, I picture this... the scene of Commando with her <laughs> and Ray Don Chong. Going into the army surplus store and just stocking up, rocket launchers, uh, eye makeup.
1: Yeah, I mean this. Stuff. This looks this. The box looks very depressing. Electronic mouse trap, and there's a mouse in midair with a bullseye target at its heart.
2: Oh yeah, Mitchell Junior Junior will not. <laughs> Mitchell Junior the third. Not good.
1: Oh God. So I'll tell you what, Jonesy. That Justice League. I don't know what I, I hear like Piece an echo. On Why'd you even read it, Mike? For some reason, but um, I'm actually interested in the Forever Evil story story arc. I like it. Yeah. Um, Ivan Reyes, the artist of a generation, guy's good, man. I'll tell you he what. I will tell you what. He only did um, breakdowns on this book, and he had three finishers, and I still thought it was amazing. So this issue, I kind of like these tie-ins because it allows Jeff Johns to write an issue that's concentrating on like two characters, like 22 pages of just like one conversation or whatever. And this one was cyborg. If you hadn't been reading cyborgs body, um, uprooted and has its own AI and it's called the grid and it's helping the justice league from another universe take over the planet. So he's like, a That was a good one. So he's, he's like a limbless body at this point on like an operating table. Cause that's what happened. that's why he became cyborg. So his father, which had given him these like powers before is reticent to do it again. He's like, I won't put you through that again. So the whole issue was cyborg saying that he needed, t- he needed it done and he wants it done this time because he's like their last hope. And, uh,
2: Otherwise, he would, what, spend eternity on a hospital bed as just a head? As, well, he Something I mean, he's got done. a torso. He's just limbless. Oh. So, <laughs>
0: well, he doesn't have any go. workable oh, legs.
1: Oh, that's... yeah. That's... So, um, the whole issue was them talking with each other about, you know, whether or not to do it. And then he eventually gets a new, spoilers, fast forward 30 seconds, he gets a new cyborg body, which is akin to the old school one. So, he's thinner. You know, it's like a thinner cyborg body like super friends i think he was in super friends it was great i loved it jeff johns you know can write the crap out of some characters yeah he can
2: he props to jeff johns he's the uh he is the beacon in the darkness over there oh dc you
1: know what else watcher on the wall
0: God, here we go are we
2: starting are we doing the game of thrones podcast right now oh god (laughs) somewhere
0: (laughs) my wife just shut up and scowled (laughs)
1: Empire of the Dead. I read. You read that? I did.
2: I'm Tell you I what? saw the I, I liked it. I saw it. the 3.99 pr- Yeah.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But there's a specific reason that I liked it and it's spoilerish. So I don't know if we want to get into it.
2: Maybe I'll read it tonight. We'll, we'll text about it tomorrow. Text I wanted me. I wanted to pick it up. I thumbed through it. And then I saw I like the deciding factor was just like because I had enough comics as it was and I, I saw that 3.99 price tag. And no free digital copy with huh. that book. What's up with that, Marvel? Are That's you laying question. groundwork for things to come, or is this just because uh, what? What do you Why mean? No things to come? That something vague. Well, and I just you know with with the com- with comic with any company, but uh, you know it's all about the loopholes. I go back. Probably I said this in episode one. It's all about the loopholes, especially with Marvel and DC. It's what they don't tell you. So, are they going to start phasing out the free digital copies with all three, with certain three ninety nine books? That's that's uh, my you know what? concern.
1: What is this even available in the Marvel app? Empire of the Dead, because that would probably be a reason right there.
2: Oh, okay. Because you can't get it in the Marvel app. I mean, it's a zombie
1: book and it's kind of violent, but I don't know if they consider zombie violence, you know, not violent. Because I wonder. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. is They don't sell it in the Marvel app. They probably won't include a code. Okay.
2: That that makes sense, I guess.
1: But, uh, I can mean, we, Malieve, it's like classic Malieve. He's back. Yeah? He's, he's back. He he wasn't back. He was back-ish on those Detective Comics issues. The coloring was, was not classic Malieve, but this coloring is really good.
2: But is, okay, but are his talents wasted on this book? Uh that was my that was my concern 'cause I was just like, Alex leave on this Romero book. He's it's... been on some funky projects, seems like, his the last five
1: years. He did hmm. Detective Comics kinda out of nowhere. And then he was on Halo, I I guess it was longer than five years. Moon Knight. Um Scarlet occasionally. What else has he done the last oh, yeah, five Scarlet, or ten years? Yeah. I feel like he's done licensed books more than anything. And this is an oddball project for him to be on. I just want him to do like some bad A, high-profile book,
2: you yeah. know. Daredevil. I'm so, I'm so super gun shy for these of the dead books because I'm a, I fear like, I don't know it, it. We could get into that discussion. That's a whole new discussion. That's a horror movie discussion. But Romero's vision for the future of his franchises. I don't. Oh, I don't. It's
1: it's quite a vision, my friend. I, and exactly white.
2: I don't. I, I if I can predict what's to come next, I don't. I don't think I want want it, but I'll just rewatch Day of the Dead can we all agree Day of the Dead is just an amazing it's movie pretty good. and it needs to be watched.
1: The I will. I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't know if you guys are buying it, but the Deadpool Infinite Got of You Native book. Two thumbs up. Two Deadpool, big huh? swinging thumbs up.
2: Really? Is, is hilarious. A Colin, Colin it's Budden hilarious. Right
1: now, no, it's uh it's our boy Dugan. Oh, Jerry yeah. Dugan. It's very funny.
2: Seven dollars every week. seven dollar <laughs> book once a week for twelve weeks. I don't know. It's not seven, it's probably four dollars a week. It's three. I think
1: it's three bucks.
0: <clears throat> so do we pick uh next week's book club yet? Because I need to download Did you? Or read it immediately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we. I don't think we have. We we've made no updates to any Google Docs.
2: No, no, we haven't.
1: I think we we briefly toyed. Maybe I only toyed with um, death of the family at one point. Got it.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Um, let me know because I'll be in Maryland the next three days. Oh,
1: so. gosh. Life spoilers.
0: I need, I need <laughs> life spoilers. So if you're looking for a good time in the D.C. area.
1: I kind of want us to read the Clone Saga at
0: some point. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, what how many issues is that? It's you so feel pretty. like it's
1: like 50 issues.
2: Yeah, it's got to be a ton of issues.
1: At that point, we might as well do Daredevil book one. Oh, by my
0: goodness. Goodness. Mm, God. Yeah. Let's do it just looking
1: a, through recently released Marvel collections.
0: What about that?
2: Uh, I, should, I shouldn't even talk about it, but. Do it. Say it's Probably because it's so recent. Say Well, it. it's so topical. I, 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 you know I don't want to do. You
1: hate topical. You hate
2: it. Well, it's re- like we've done the character and or artist just recently, so.
1: Let's just say it out loud. Let's just see how it feels.
2: That uh, Wolverine
0: Mike Mignola book.
2: Oh. <sighs> Jungle Adventure.
0: Why aren't we doing it right now? <laughs> I say we do it.
1: Oh, God. That's like a fun run book. That Like, you just, just hop into it. We need a popcorn
0: it. book. As there a Swamp Thing, guys? Guys, listen to me right now. After this the uh, tumultuous Swamp Thing run, you know, emotional roller coaster, we need to get back to the basics. And nothing says basics on Paper K like Marvel, like Wolverine. You know, I think the people want it. About X Factor, X Factor. I kind of or gave... Ramendo's X Factor, guys. Remendo's X Factor is that you breaking mm. news right now over the wire? I'm breaking. doing a volume one Rick Remendo's X Factor. If it's page one thirty-seven.
1: If the let's see how difficult the Electra Assassin graph, Marvel graphic novel is to acquire. I, I think we should do that next because I, I page you. that's the Sinkevich Frank Miller. Like graphic novel format, like oversized. And I paged through some of that in uh, my boss's office and it made my pants wet. Like I started what? wetting myself. Like drug addled art, you know, okay. psychedelic stuff. Let's see, if, see what is Amazon the app? is telling us. No, that's not available on the app.
2: I'm I gotta get on the that's Amazon. Like a,
1: that's like a yard sale grab, like how I got amp, God Loves Man Kills. Let's see, Electra... Assassin in books. Let's check it out here. Let's see how we get it. Um, can we get it on the 15, cheap? 1582 on paperback. What? Well, what's the page count? Um, oh, look at that old cover. Oh, gosh. twenty five ninety nine. Oh, gosh.
2: Daredevil. Electro Assassin is issues one through eight. 272 pages.
1: Oh, my.
0: Oh, my. Uh, you want to back off that choice? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
2: It's
1: <laughs>
0: I'm shocked that Jensi backed
1: off that fast from yeah, a Miller really. Unless we're going to go
0: next Sunday night. Oh, God. Other than Sunday night. God. Help I me. can't I can't do it by Thursday and go out me. of town. It's just not. Help me. Can't you have lost. Amazon ship it to wherever you're going to be? <laughs> I probably could.
1: Let's just let's sleep on it. We'll regroup tomorrow in some kind of group text. I'd say fashion. we should
0: just do it now. <clears throat> I, just do let's it let's now. do it. Let's do it.
1: Electra. Right. It's done. It's in. Okay, Electra Assassin. One thirty seven, I think.
2: One thirty seven, yeah.
1: They're already knocking you, on Gen Z's door. They're delivering it and he's open Can
0: you uh, send me the link? Please. I'll think about it.
2: Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just I'll just come over to your house and type in amazon.com on your computer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's also Daredevil Love and War, and maybe that's the one that I paged through, that had the kingpin in it. And that's six. That's actually 64 pages. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just uh, we'll confirm.
0: I'll send a link to Jonesy. Let's do it. Let's just do it, guys. Let's not even mess around. Two hundred and seventy-two million pages. Here we go. <laughs> Poor Jonesy. It's okay. It's all right. We're reading day. Let's do way. it.
1: Send it. sending it for right thing.
0: now. Oh, I only gotta read like hundred pages a day. Jonesy, you <laughs> read like <laughs> three
1: hundred pages during one day of work. I want. I want your work <laughs> in between, investigated. In between
0: <laughs> Game Boy. Uh, Is there playing? some kind of
1: internal affairs that we can have investigated?
2: Internal affairs.
0: Final. I am internal affairs. That's why I don't get investigated.